7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thanks, Greg, and good evening, and thanks, everyone, for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On. I am Tabi Samosia, and Katlaku Mudiba is producing. Well, the wait is officially over. The new Bafana Bafana coach was appointed over the weekend. It seemed to be an impromptu announcement because it caught a lot of the media by surprise. I think even the guys that went there to that meeting of the SAFA Council did not expect that the coach would be announced on that day. Well, the new coach, if you've not heard by now, is a man who was here with us in studio last week, uh, Coach Mulefi Nseki. We traced his coaching journey and we hope that interview gave you enough info and background about the man who is now been officially tasked with leading Bafana Bafana. Today he also um, appointed his technical team in Trot Muloto as well as Arthur Zwane who will assist him for the game against Zambia in Lusaka this Saturday and uh, he did mention that uh, the former Bafana Bafana coach Trot Muloto will be there as a technical advisor, as a voice of reason using coach Nseki's words and that um, he is still finalizing his permanent technical staff. So uh, tonight then on the show we'll speak to Safa just to try and understand the motivation and the reasons behind this appointment uh, because uh, over the weekend they said it was a unanimous decision but it seems to have caught a lot of people by surprise and not just in the media but a lot of football people and we'll also hear from coach Nseki about his playing philosophy which he told us last week and uh, but before and then we're also going to go live to the PSL headquarters in Parktown Johannesburg it is transfer deadline day it closes at midnight our main there is Velile Mnyandu SABC sport reporter and he will tell us if anything is going to happen at tonight before midnight it's been very quiet to be fair i don't think a lot was expected uh but this is football anything can still happen so we'll find out from avelile what is happening there especially regarding george Lebisi, jeremy Brokey, are they moving are they staying um uh, but before all of that we are going to uh, speak to ruan pinar if you watch those uh, curry cup semi-finals he was very instrumental in the cheetahs win over the Sharks uh, this past weekend. They are up against the Lions in the final in Bloom this weekend. It should be a massive, massive one, especially for the people of uh, Bloomfontein. And well done to the Cheetahs there for securing a home final. So Ruan will talk to us up next. Uh, if you want to join a- any of our conversations, please call us 0891-104-207 0891-104-207 Our SMS line is 41391 and we take voice notes on WhatsApp 61 107 0614104107 if you want to talk about Bafana you can start sending in those voice notes we'll play them when we speak to Safa For the story behind the action catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And let's talk rugby now. Curry Cup rugby and we join on the line by Ruan Apina after he helped the uh, Cheetahs reach the final uh, against the Lions uh, this weekend. Ruan, good evening from us and thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us on SAFM. Good evening. Thank you. Nice to chat to you guys. Thanks, Ruan. Great game on Saturday for you and the team. What would you say was key to that victory? Um, yeah, I think obviously first half was quite difficult. I think the Sharks came out and really played well and and scored a few good tries, which put us under a bit of pressure. But I think the guys responded well the, the second half, and uh, I think we just stuck to to what we know, uh, you know, in the way the coach wants us to play, and that's attacking the end of rugby. And uh, thankfully, it worked well in, in the second half, and we managed to hold on to the ball a bit better. And the cheaters always seem to finish strongly. Uh, Ruan, especially the last twenty minutes or so, did so again against the Sharks on Saturday. What would you attribute this to? Um, no, I don't know. I think we uh, probably put ourselves in, under a bit of pressure the last few games, not uh, playing as well as we'd like to in the first half. So, um, although we finished well the last few games, I think we would love to start the games a little bit better. So we're playing against a quality team this weekend, and I think if we start like that again, then we might be in a bit of trouble. So um, I think that's that's something that we'll hopefully improve on uh, this coming weekend against a good Lions team. And um, on Saturday, I mean, a lot was said about your your duel there with the Shaksa scrum of there, Sanileo Nohamba. What do you make of him from what you've seen? He seems to have gotten a lot of people talking. Yeah, he's been in great form for the Sharks. Um, I think he's been given an opportunity to, to play a bit with Louis Schroeder's uh, injury and playing uh, above a few, a few other guys there. So I think he's performed, but he's obviously... 
um, very energetic and it brings a lot of energy to the team and um, also he can uh, kick at goal so um, he's performed really well uh, with the team um, you know that that uh, really struck some nice form at the end of the Curry Cup so um, yeah I think he's definitely one to watch for the future and now it's a home final against the Lions how big a moment is this for the people of Bloemfontein yeah, I think uh, you know the Bloemfontein in the province um, is a uh, is passionate about their rugby, and you could uh, see that in the semi-finals. And um, I think we'll ex- ex- uh, hopefully uh, see the people coming out in their numbers again this weekend. It's it's big for this region, um, for us as players. You know, we want to try and play a brand of rugby that people enjoy watching and 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 try and make them proud of of being a, a Cheetah supporter. So. Um, Hopefully the the supporters will come out and we can fill the stadium and, and you know get a good atmosphere for which should be a really good final. And I'm sure this is partly what motivated your decision to come back home, uh, Ruan. But how does it feel just for you to be back in bloom, especially after so many years away from home with the Sharks and overseas with Alstair and Montpellier in France? Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. Um, it's nice to spend some more time with family and friends and, and see some old faces and, you know, uh, come, coming back to where it all really started. So um, it, I think it's been 15 years since I left um, Bloemfontein to join the Sharks and then later going going overseas. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't think Bloom will change that much. I think it's uh, it's uh, more or less from, you know, the same as what I can remember. But, um, yeah, I think obviously for us, um, as a family, it's nice to spend some more time with, with close family and friends, and um, it's been really enjoyable the, the last few weeks. Was it a hard decision to make coming back home because your family man and the kids grew up um, in Ireland? Yeah, no, it was tough. I think um, we were very happy, and um, you know, spent nine great years uh, overseas, and it was a great experience. But we just felt at this stage in our lives, we probably want to spend some more time with our, our family and. We were just scared that we'll regret not giving giving it a go again over here in South Africa and spending some more t- more time, um, you know, with the family while the kids are at an age where they can come over here and still join the school at a fairly young age. So um, yeah, it wasn't a, a easy decision, but so far it's been been very good, and obviously I'm enjoying my rugby again and and uh, just having a bit of fun. So I think that's that's important for me as well. And as long as the family is happy, then then I'm happy. Yeah, and on that note, Ruan, we know there was a family tragedy with your sister losing a life in a car accident this yeah. year. Did you feel the need to be closer to, to to the family after that? Yeah, no, definitely. It was a yeah, like you said, a tough start to the year. Um, yeah, I was uh, passing away of my sister, so um, yeah, the family um, yeah felt uh, that it would be good to to be closer to my mom and dad as I'm the only child left, and. Um, yeah, and just for them to spend some more time with my kids as well. So um, it has been a tough year, and it still feels a bit unreal. But um, yeah, we're trying our best to work through it. And um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely been a bit of a driving force behind our decision coming back as well. Well, uh, we would like to send our strength to you and your family, uh, Ruana, during this uh, difficult time. And. Um, yeah. How do you look back at your time overseas, especially in Ireland, where you spent most of your of your time there at Ulster? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, the people in Ireland were fantastic. Uh, I think they're very similar to South Africans, very welcoming and always willing to help and friendly. And um, I think that's why it was so easy to, you know, to to slot in there and uh, you know really embrace the culture and the way they do things over there. So um, my kids were born there and. Um, you know, so uh, the weather is very challenging. It's obviously not as nice as over here in South Africa, but um, the people make up for that. It's a great culture they've got going there. And, um, you know, so like I said, it was difficult to leave that behind, especially when your kids are happy there as well. But um, so far, so good. And um, hopefully we can build some good memories um, here in South Africa now. And during your time overseas, were you were you playing at 9 or at 10? Were you doing a bit of both? Uh, mostly nine. I helped out at ten now and then, but I mostly played at nine. Um, it's the the opposition that I prefer. So um, yeah, so we had a, a good time with Austin and two years in France, which was interesting. But um, yeah, um, nine is definitely the position I prefer. And and what do you bring? What what would you say you've learned abroad that you're bringing to the Cheetahs? Because everybody's excited to have you back in South African rugby. I know when the Cheetahs signed you, they released a statement. They were really chuffed to have you back. 
Yeah, I think you bring bring a little bit of calmness and I guess experience with with uh, having played for for a number of years now, and um, I think you grow as a player and as a person over there. You learn a lot about yourself. You know, not having family and friends around, so you've got to do a lot of things and organize a lot of things yourself, um, which isn't easy. And then, uh, yeah, rugby wise, I've also learned a lot the way they approach games, the way they prepare for games. Um, you know the way the coaches work and they're thinking about preparing for games. So, um, so yeah, I think the way I see the game is probably a bit different than when I left. And and uh, coming back to the cheetahs, I think Coach Frank Smith is a wonderful coach. I think the way he sees things and plans for games is is very interesting and um, and very clever as well. So um, yeah, so I think you're never too old to to learn and. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed my journey so far. And from what you've seen here in South African rugby on the domestic front, I mean, how would you describe the state of our of our, of our rugby at the moment? Yeah, I think if you go by the Curry Cup, um, I think there's a lot of young talent again coming through with the Springboks not being available uh, for selection. Um, so every year the Curry Cup just keeps producing, uh, uh, you know, very talented players and that's, that's what you want from your from your national competition, so um, yeah, I think there are a lot of a lot of um, players are leaving for uh, you know for bro- to to go abroad, and and then like I said, the Springboks aren't available, so that gives a lot of players opportunity to to uh, play for their provinces. And I think once again, it's been a successful Curry Cup. I think everyone's played a great band to watch, and uh, I think every every game has been you know nail biting and. Um, any team uh, you know can win till the final whistle. So I think, uh, from a rugby point of view, I think uh, for the fans it's been very exciting. And talking about the box, I mean the expectations are high after we, what we saw in the rugby championship. Uh, a lot of people believe that they can go all the way and win the World Cup. Are those expectations realistic? Are they justified? Yeah, no, definitely. I think if you um, ask a lot of people that question. 18 or 24 months ago, they yeah. probably would have disagreed. But I think the way they've turned things around and the way they've performed the last last year or two has been uh, outstanding. I think um, you know the Springboks bring hope to the nation, and that's what everyone talks about. And when they perform well, I think the whole nation just feels a little bit better about the country. So um, to see them performing so well and winning the rugby championship and now. Uh, you know, going in as contenders to the World Cup is exciting for everyone, and I think everyone can't wait to to, to get started and and uh, just support the boys now over in Japan. So, I think um, you know, Russia's uh, he took over a strong strong squad, and uh, um, you know, a lot of exciting players, which will definitely um, you know help the help the boys to perform well. So, I'm very positive about their chances to you know to to win the World Cup and. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can do that. Finally, having spent so much time in Ireland, what do you make of their chances? Some people have um, tipped them as the dark horses. Yeah, I think um, you know the World Cup is an interesting one. I think uh, on the day anyone can beat anyone. It's, you know the pressure is high. Um, small margins will determine the outcome of games, and I think this won't be it won't be anything uh, less than that. Um, they probably. Maybe peaked a little bit too early. They mm. played some fantastic rugby last year and the year before, and they've uh, went through a little dip now. But um, you know, there's a lot of quality in that squad. There's uh, a really clever coach in Joe Smith that's that um, you know running the show there. So I won't um, I won't be uh, surprised if they in the in the semi-finals. But um, you know, again, England's looking good. Wales is is strong again. New Zealand will always be up there. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really uh, exciting World Cup. Well, we're very excited to see you back on the field of play, uh, Ruan, and good luck for the final against the Lions. And uh, thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us here on SAFM and all the best. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. That is uh, Ruan Pinar, who's back in the country playing in his hometown of uh, Bloemfontein after spending time with the Sharks and also with um, Ulster in Ireland and Montpellier in uh, France there. As I said, he was really, really um, very good against uh, the Sharks. Uh, and even even uh, Noamba was actually very, very good. But you could see the experience of uh, Ruan Pinar there showing through and coming through uh, for the Cheetahs. Should be a cracker of a final. We'll do another build-up uh, to that final, probably closer to the week.
weekend, maybe on Thursday or Friday. Up next, we're going to go live to the PSL offices to get uh, the latest on the transfer deadline window. And my apologies, we do not have a WhatsApp line today. I believe that it's down. So if you want to weigh in on, on our conversation with Safa about the appointment of Mulef Inseki as coach, you can call us on 0891-104-207 or you can SMS 41391 for those on social media. We're using the hashtag SAFM Spot On. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So then it is deadline day in uh, in local football, even in uh, the rest of the leagues in Europe. Today is deadline day. Hours ends at midnight and let's go live now to uh, Park Town, the PSL offices. That's where we find SABC senior sports reporter Velile Mnyandu. Velile, good evening and uh, you're a hardworking man. Thanks for finding time to speak to us. You're always there um, every single transfer deadline a day and you've given us some big scoops over the past few seasons but do you expect anything major to happen tonight? Well, so far it doesn't really look like um, <coughs> sorry uh, we will be getting anything major um, except the loan deals that um, seem to be happening <laughs> some of the loan deals uh, people are looking at who they can get from sundowns you know mm. uh, and you, you heard what coach pizza were in, uh, in Pretoria yesterday where we say <laughs> people must not line up to get uh, players for free at sundowns so but so far we have not really had anything major the only deal um, that I'm just hearing about now is like uh, is moving from Supersport uh, to Amatax on loan. I think they are doing that for the purposes of uh, game time and uh, just to make sure that it develops and just closer to home uh, in, in Pretoria. And um, also uh, earlier, Kumalo from he was a chief, then I escaped town, and I think now he's yeah he's being taken by Tia Sporting. Um, I know that. Uh, there are some deals that people were looking forward to if they will happen, but uh, maybe still too early. It's not even uh, 8 p.m. yet. So usually just around 9 p.m. Uh, we get to see or get to hear about most of these deals. So um, because most of the most of the teams have, have done their business already. So it, it's only those deals where you find that um, maybe there's something that came up on the last in the last two days or maybe there's a negotiation process that has been taking place and it was not concluded until today so yeah Mm. Well, as an exciting player, this Nyawopo Mashlatsi, I've seen him a few times for the juniors of Supersport United he's, he's going to be in good hands though attacks under the head coach Zippo Yeah, yeah, top top, top, top player um, and, and and also you'll know that uh, this this will be the third player coming from Supersport uh, in this window to Amatax, mm. there's always been a good relationship between the two clubs uh, from the days of uh, Bongani Kumalo uh, I, 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 to the days of Lerato Chavangu uh, to the days of um, also someone like uh, uh, Grant Kekana Grant, well. yeah. Yes, uh, so these are the players who, who always came through that direction, uh, you know. So, and and, and 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 I think for me, Kamuelo uh, Mashati, he's he's also one of the players. In fact, they are currently camping. Um, they will play here at Peter Stadium mm. on Thursday against Zimbabwe, and he's an under twenty three international. Here. I think he's one of the most uh, exciting um, under twenty three international teams uh, we've had in a very long time. When you look at just even the attack uh, in in that team, uh, the strikers. Uh, I mean. Out of four strikers, three are based overseas, mm. you know. And now our counting with the uh, Gislings moving overseas, it now means that uh, we've got a total of eight players who are based in Europe. Uh, just in the, in the under 23 alone, you know what I mean? So you can imagine how the future is, is, is going to look like when these boys also get promoted uh, to the Bafana setup. So, Matlazi, he, he, he goes into uh, that setup as well. And if Matlazi, if we qualify for 123 Afcon and Mashlatsi goes there, 
Mark my words. It's not coming back. It's difficult for him to come back here. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't doubt you on that one, Vanille. Yes. Now, I see Quentin Jetto has tweeted you a few minutes ago. <laughs> Quentin, sneaky, sneaky Quentin here saying that um, he is on his way. That's, by the way, that's the operation manager at Marispec United. He is on his way uh, to PSL. He he says, I guess I will be seeing you, Velile, before midnight. Is he there yet? Uh, he's, I think he was traveling uh, on a flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the flight from uh, King Shaka to O.R. Tambo, is, that's a 45 to 50 minute flight. So he'll definitely be here by before nine. And uh, he's, he's never disappointed on, on deadline day, you know. Mm. Uh, he always comes up uh, with uh, some interesting last minute uh, deals. And, and I'm sure uh, there's a player that he would have been negotiating for, and uh, now <laughs> it's going to be interesting uh, who that player is. But uh, I think also, like, like I said, uh, it, it could be a loan deal, mm. but definitely we'll know before they register. We'll definitely okay. know before they register. Definitely. And let's talk about the big ones that people have been um, talking about. George Libesef, uh, he says he's clearly frustrated at sundowns. It doesn't look like he's going to play anytime soon. His media utterances also did not help him because ultimately he had to go back to his current club. Is there any chance of him moving? Uh, I had, I saw and I read earlier today that uh, they were, he was hoping, uh, George Libesef to was hoping maybe to move and there was interest also from um, from from Stellenbosch but uh, I've just heard that Stellenbosch they're saying uh, no it doesn't look like they will afford the, they can't afford mm. what the, the players at Sundowns are getting because this is the other thing Tamiso you had players in the past and we just not mention the names who are prepared to train with the juniors or train alone just because they don't want to take the salary cut mm. you know uh, so this is the situation. Or if there are teams that want the player or no, but the club, they can afford the salary. So I think that is the case as well um, with um, players like George, uh, players like Ngoma. You mentioned all these players, you know, uh, especially the, the situation of Brocky as well. You know, I saw Brocky today. He was not even on the. In fact, at, at full time, they had to go and do. Um, so, um, you know, just to be at, you know, do something at the at the end of the game because they were not part of the Michigan squad. So now that is that is something, you know, that is something for top 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 players like that. But mm. look, the players, they choose to remain there because they're not prepared to take that huge salary cut. Well, I, I remember hearing a couple of seasons ago about Rhys Evans and the Sundowns that been trying to ship him out, ship him out because he wasn't playing and he didn't want to go because he wanted to stay there because uh, I guess the, the contract was very good at the time, but he did eventually leave uh, Rhys Evans. This is the thing because let's say, uh, hypothetically speaking, you're on 200k a month and now you have to take uh, a salary cut of 100k. Hmm. Would you do that? You know? And, 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 and okay, granted, uh, the fans and also maybe ourselves, we talk about no. What what about your career? But you, you are a family man. Would you take the salary cut? Hmm. But Jeremy Brokey seems like he wants to play. He seems like he wants to move. But who is willing um, to to pay uh, what he's getting? Because you can want to move. And and and, and also I understand that uh, uh, he is one of the players. Uh, apparently, Sundowns were going to propose to be part of that mega deal. Everyone was yeah. looking forward to, you know. Uh, interestingly, four players. Oh wow! <laughs> so he was so he was going to be part of that group, but I don't think on the other side there's willingness, you know, mm. because now Chiefs has got Lukovic, they've got Kambole. They've got Castro, who is, who is not even playing um, currently because of the attack that they've got. So I don't think they want uh, to to bring in a similar striker again. Yeah. So talking about that big mega move, there is uh, four or five hours left. Is that big mega move going to happen or the Chiefs basically 
end the speculation with that statement they released a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I, ju- I just think even some developments in the last uh, few days, uh, I-, 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 I don't think um, she's was interested in that deal. I don't think that she's was interested in that deal. And uh, I know that uh, Sundowns has really been trying to push for it. But uh, and, and also, I think if you you saw the the circular that came from the PFL to its clubs about uh, illegal tapping of players as well, I think the approach also maybe from Sundowns uh, of certain individuals from Sundowns is also what has complicated um, this deal as well. And 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 I think for me, she's with the stat that they've had in the league this season. And they know that um, Sundowns, down the line, they'll be committed in the Kev Champions League a lot, especially during the competition time and knockout phase. So it could be the opportune time for them maybe to challenge seriously for the league title. And if you really want to challenge for the league title, you definitely need someone like Bilat in your team. Because down the line, he will be key. Because last season, he was the first player in Kaiser Chiefs in over five years to reach double figures in terms of uh, goal scored in all competitions since mm-hmm. the energy Masona. So that's not a kind of talent you can just let it go like that. Granted, they say Billet wants to go, but Billet is, is, is also contracted to Chiefs, you know, I think for the next two and a half years. So um, at some stage, the club also has to enjoy its benefits. Finally, Velile, you were um, at the Safa Council this Saturday when the new coach, Mulefin Tseke was, Tseke, was appointed. We're going to speak to Safa up next. But were you expecting the coaching announcement on the day? Was it a surprise to the journalists that were there? Uh, there were four of us there on the day. And, and, and I think I had, I had picked it up um, two days before that there's a possibility of the name coming out on the day um, because the task team, uh, apparently they were told to provide the name and they were going to have a meeting, I think on Thursday or Friday, which was going to be the final meeting um, to, 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 to confirm. Uh, and so when, when we were there, and then there was, then another development that, okay, there's going to be possibility of a short list. So I went there in two minds that we could be getting the name, uh, but maybe the name, there's a possibility that there could be, there, there will have to be a negotiation process, uh, but also maybe there's a possibility of a short list of three to four for names. So, but uh, I, I think I was more on the side of the short list that, okay, maybe we'll get the short list, you know. So when the name came out, it was a wow. You know, but not necessarily the final choice, but just that they are confirming the coach today. And what do you make then of the appointment? Is it still a wow? On Friday, uh, I had been interviewed um, about about um, about this process, and 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 the people who interviewed me were more talking about other names of PSL coaches. And I had to insert the name of uh, Coach Mlefin Speke <laughs> because uh, it was something that was gathering momentum uh, in, in the in, in our structures. And also, Tabiso, you know, like in any job, you don't want to compete with an insider <laughs> because an insider has got an advantage. And I think, and, and for me, on Friday I did say that in, in the case of Mlefin Speke, what places him at an advantage an advantage in this situation is that the senior players in the team, including the captain, are boys that he's been working with from 2009. The current generation of the last five years are boys who are also coming from his hands and some he's been working with them, even at the Olympics. The, the Morenas. You can, you, can, you, you can talk about all these boys who are, who are, who are coming now in this era, the Dolis. You know, he's been there. He's been, he's been part of them. So what's new? Okay, very And it's from the Afcon. With Stuart Baxter, of course. Exactly. In the, in the setup. He's no stranger to international football. 
Okay, Valile, we're going to leave it there. We'll take reaction. We need to get you and let you go so you can get back to work. And we're still hoping to speak to Safa after this break. But if anything does happen, Valile, I'm sure you will let us know. I see PSL has just tweeted uh, something, breaking news. I didn't know the PSL was breaking transfer news now. Wow. And uh, we're going to hopefully speak to Safa after the break. The acting CEO, Mr. Russell Paul, has agreed to speak to us as well as uh, one of the members of the technical team. But let's hear from Coach Mulifi Nseki, who was our guest here on SAFM Spot On uh, last week. And we had a whole hour with him just tracing his journey and uh, finding out more about who the man was and the kind of football that he wants to play. And uh, let's hear from him about what the Bafana Bafana style of play is should be look i think the national team is the most difficult one because you're having players coming from different backgrounds Mm. Uh, we are having players playing currently in south africa with different coaches with different philosophies you have players playing overseas uh, that are experiencing again a different a different football world altogether all that is important is to make them understand the tactical elements of the game in relation to the modern trends because you are not going to play the game or to prepare the team in isolation you need to prepare the team in terms of uh, what are the demands currently what are the demands uh, in defense what are the demands uh, offensively and uh, you only have um, less than uh, six days to prepare that team mm. so you need players with a high level of tactical understanding players that will be able to carry out the plan and then you help in where there is a need to help but all that is important is that they will all be south africans they'll all be carrying south african passports so that's the first part of what we pulled out from our interview with Coach Mulef Inseki. If you want to weigh in on this appointment while we wait for Safa, the lines are open 0891-104-207. What do you make of the appointment of uh, Coach Mulef Inseki? Uh, you can SMS us on 41391. The studio number to call is 0891-104-207. Let's hear from him about his uh, biggest achievement. I did ask him this last week. Look, I think in my coaching career, I would say the biggest achievement was uh, getting promoted uh, from Vodacom League in 2000, uh, getting promotion to the National First Division. Mm. Um, The reason why that one becomes so special to me is because um, I did not have any qualification. And I think uh, um, the the record that we set uh, for, for Vodacom um, still stands even today. We won all our our provincial games, and we won all our games in the in the in the playoffs that was um, hosted by by Cape Town in 2000. And then we qualified for first division, and mm. we played uh, in the first division. I was coaching the first division for two years before I left for Harmony Sports Academy. And uh, the last one we're gonna hear from the coach is about the coaches that is worked under. Look, I think uh, one has to thank uh, all my predecessors because um, working with Coach Stewart and working with Coach Shakes and uh, Coach Owen de Gama for the two games we played against Guinea-Bissau and Angola, I think that really prepared me for this position, even though I was not really aware that uh, uh, that type of preparation was to lead to me being uh, the interim Bafana Bafana coach currently. Mm. I have learned a lot from Coach Shakes, I've learned a lot from Coach Stewart in terms of man management, uh, in terms of uh, putting the structures in place, in terms of uh, creating an understanding, a technical understanding between the technical team and the players. And again, making players feel um, feel wanted. Uh, and I think uh, with uh, all that experiences, I would say I am where I am today because I can handle the situation much better. If you were to ask me two, three years ago to say, um, will you take a Bafana Bafana hot seat as interim coach? I would definitely have said no. And you were Stuart Baxter's right-hand man at AFCON this year. What kind of a state would you say he leaves the team in? Look, uh, he's a very structured, very knowledgeable. Um, I think uh, he has uh, studied psychology because he knows how to get into the into the heads of players and making them understand how he wants things to be done. Very structured, very detailed. And I think um, all that works for him is uh, uh, he's very open-minded. Uh, he will always... Uh, come up with um, with a training session and explain it and then when you go to the game you will see the training session in the game and I think uh, that also made him one of the best that I have worked with 
because um, uh, the first time I worked with an European coach was when coach uh, Ernst Middendorp came to Celtic. Mm. And I could see a lot of similarities between uh, coach Stewart and coach Middendorp. Prime time all day long. Let's now speak to the acting CEO at Safa, Mr. Russell Paul, on the appointment of Mulif Nseki as Bafana Bafana's head coach. Uh, Mr. Paul, good evening, sir, and thanks once again for, for speaking to us on SAFM. Evening to you, evening to the listeners, and yeah, thanks for having us. It's an announcement that seems to have caught a lot of people by surprise. I'm just talking about how and when it was announced. Was it always the plan to announce on Saturday? Look, I think we, we indicated right from the start. If you recall, when uh, Stuart Baxter resigned on the 2nd, 3rd of uh, August, that uh, our intention was to try and, and, and do the announcement by the end of August. We did, however, caution that uh, it could be challenging, uh, depending upon who the coach would be, because we might have to negotiate with clubs. But we would certainly uh, be doing that thing um, you know, before the end of September. So, yeah, as soon as the technical committee had finalized uh, the reviews of the various uh, processes that they were going through, they had about two or three meetings. On uh, Saturday, they were in a position to provide the NEC with a name, and the NEC unanimously endorsed uh, the name of Molepe Nseki to fill the role of head coach of Bafana Bafana. So just to be clear, they had a few meetings before Saturday, and Saturday is that when they made their recommendation to Safa? Correct. Uh, and what reasons then, Mr. Paul, did they give you for the choice of um, of Coach Nseke? Well, I didn't have to give reasons, but I think they were going through various criteria, I think somewhere between 10 and 15 uh, sets of criteria. Uh, the most important ones of those being they were looking for somebody who would understand very clearly uh, uh, Vision 2022, understand uh, uh, what SAFA is all about, understand the South African philosophy of playing, uh, you know, understand where South Africa was coming from, where we are, where we're going. Uh, and, you know, in a time of uh, knowing that we're sitting with uh, major success, uh, unprecedented success in the South African football history of the past 18 to 24 months, with teams qualifying both at the 17 boys and girls level for, for World Cups, for the under-20s having qualified for back-to-back World Cups, the Banyana Banyana in uh, dealing with AFCON uh, as finalist and then to uh, the World Cup qualification and Bafana Bafana itself, as we've said, uh, having qualified for the quarterfinals at AFCON, uh, they knew that uh, we'd just passed the, the stage of uh, the first phase for Vision 2022, moving into the next phase of Vision 2022, and we needed somebody that would be able to drive that message through, and they believed, uh, and endorsed by the NEC, as I said, that mm-hmm. Malefi Nseki was that individual. And who makes up this technical committee? Oh, just there's a, there's a number of uh, people for the technical committee. It's at least about 15 or 20 people. Yeah. And they select, selected a, a, a task team amongst themselves. I think it was about four or five people that was endorsed by the National Executive Committee. Uh, and they were tasked to, to come up with a name. And if then they told you on Saturday and the announcement was made on Saturday, when did the coach know that he's got the job? As soon as they, the NEC endorsed the name, I made the call to the coach. And he accepted on the spot, obviously? Yeah, he accepted on the spot. said he knew that, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys would have spoken to him by now, but he knew the role, he knew the task at hand, and he knew that he had uh, to have broad shoulders and that there was a nation that was uh, expecting much from him. So when you gave him the call, did you give him contract details and all of that, or he accepted without getting the contract first? No, look, we said that we finalized the, the deals of the, of the contract um, because look, he's busy with preparing the team for Zambia, which is quite an important friendly. And we then agreed that we would finalize those details when he got back uh, from Zambia. But he's been interim He's been interim coach for a month now. Has he been doing that without a contract? No, we've been finalizing his contract. Uh, we finalized his contract with him as an interim coach. And obviously now we were moving into the into the next phase. So, you know, it wasn't a matter of waiting for one to deal with the other. So he he had he he had a contract while he was interim coach. We had finalised his contract, yeah. And then during Afcon, part of Stuart Baxter's report was that uh, this man worked next to him as his right hand man without a contract. What was the reason for that? As I'm saying, I'm not going to go into dealing with. Uh, a report which has not been discussed uh, at the technical committee. Once they finalize the discussion at the technical committee, 
we'll deal with that. I think what we need to deal with now is celebrating the fact that we have a coach uh, in Bafana Bafana. Safa, we committed to do so as fast as possible. We'd achieve that. And we now need to be, as a nation, get behind uh, Mulefe Nseki so that he can drive the message through and that we can have a successful Bafana Bafana as everybody wants. So you, you as a, the technical committee haven't discussed the technical report from AFCON that was left by Stuart Baxter when he resigned so many weeks ago, but you've gone ahead and appointed a new coach. They haven't finalized their discussions on, on that report uh, because, as they said, you know, Stuart Baxter had resigned prior to the submission of that report. And they will obviously, in their time, deal with those. And I think that the plus that you have there is that Malefun Sheki was there. So he will understand what those issues were. Uh, and that's where your continuity also comes in. So why has that report not been finalized? I mean, what's taking so long? There's a game mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah, I think the technical committee will uh, be able to give us the answer on that. I think their focus was mainly on trying to resolve and uh, find a coach. Without seeing maybe where we've gone wrong in the past or what the previous coach has mentioned in his technical report? No, I think that that's a bit far-fetched to say that uh, without uh, where we've gone wrong. I think, uh, you know, it's common cause at the end of the day that we had not qualified for the World Cup uh, previously. We'd had a relatively successful uh, campaign in AFCON. uh, And now you have a new coach who has to plan new things. And he comes up with whatever requirements he has. We have a responsibility to support him as best as we can. And that's what our objective is and responsibilities. Mm. Before I go to the lines, uh, Coach Mulefi said today that he made a presentation to Safa. When was was this presentation and was this an interview? Uh, I can't recall what is that. I wasn't there, so I'm not sure which presentation he's talking to. So if he did make a presentation, if you don't recall, who would he have made it to? I'm saying I, I don't even know about the presentation that he made, so I would have to check with him and then and I, he, de- he definitely said that today. And who were the other candidates um, besides him? Who, which other names were you given by the technical committee? No, we were only given one name of the technical committee. They had many, many coaches, I think, which they had reviewed. Uh, I mean, we even had, uh, um, I wouldn't want to say applications, but we had inquiries and people putting names forward from all over the world, from literally every continent, including the African continent. And I think we'd be doing an injustice to mention any particular name uh, on any one of the coaches. Uh, at the end, we received one name from the technical committee, and that's the end that was endorsed. Let's go to the lines. Jusia, good evening. Thanks for holding. Hello, Jusia. Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead, sir. Um, uh, Tabiso, firstly, allow me to say rest in peace to Mrs. Joe Baby Lee. Uh, going to, to, to Coach Mulef and say, firstly, let me say I'm um, I'm I'm very shocked that uh coach uh Cheikh, when he was assist- when he was an assistant he did not have a contract. Secondly, I'm also very shocked now that Mr. Russell Paul doesn't know that coach Amulefi um, had a, a presentation. It shows how Safa is. It shows that the football is going down the drain. Lastly, um why, 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 why did they, they choose U- Coach Mulefi? What, what, what made them choose U- Coach Mulefi as as, as a staffer? Secondly, um, why, why the, 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 the assistants now are interim? Is it because of the coach's decision, which is U- Coach Mulefi, or it suffers decision? Short of it. Okay, thanks for that, Juicy. Let's go to Eric and Pulukwane. Good evening, Eric. Hello, Eric. Eric, are you there? Okay, we're going to try and get Eric back on the line. Now, please call us back, uh, Eric, if you if you can hear us. Um, let's go to the technical team. Uh, Mr. Paul, he did uh, announce Atazwane and Trot Muloto today, but he said he's finalizing his technical committee. And w- when do you expect that to be finalized? And has he given you names? Uh, um, earlier today as well, is that uh, at the time of him bringing in uh, uh, experience with Chop Maloto and, and Arthur Zwane. These were done at the time when he was uh, the interim coach. Yes. So these people are also interim. When he gets back from uh, Zambia, he will sit down. Uh, he may uh, decide to, to bring them back. He may decide to go with someone else. So we'll hear from him which direction he wants to go, and then we will make a, a formal announcement uh, as he directs us. Mm. 
And then uh, the other question was why Nseki, and I think you've answered part of that, and you you did mention over the weekend that he understands Vision 2022. How far are we, or at which stage of Vision 2022 are we now, and what's expected of Coach Milefi? Look, the, the, the first phase of Vision 2022 uh, has been accomplished, and we've passed that uh, mark the 2013-2014 period to 2019. Uh, you know, as I said, with uh, the under-17 girls having qualified for Uruguay, uh, World Cup, the uh, under twenties going back to back World Cups, uh, South Korea and uh, Poland, the Banyana Banyana uh, qualifying for their World Cup, uh, uh, then Bafana Bafana into Afcon uh, quarterfinals. The phase two is requiring us to qualify for Afcon 2021, World Cup 2022, and Afcon 2023. As far as Bafana Bafana is concerned. The under-17 boys also qualifying for, for their World Cup. We are looking to the under-20s again and getting into their uh, qualification for, for World Cup. As far as under-23s, they're now into that phase now where they are looking to... Uh, they're playing uh, uh, Zimbabwe. And they, if they win that encounter, they'll go into AFCON for November, December this year. And then getting into the top three will take them into the Olympics. That's also what we're looking for them. As far as the women are concerned, we're again looking for the under-17s to, to get into the World Cup. We are looking for the under-20s, uh, and they probably have their best shot at it now, given the fact that, as you know, uh, in the past we've always had our last match in, in the World Cup qualifiers under-20s with uh, Nigeria. With Nigeria now being the host for the World Cup, there's no reason why our under-20s should not qualify uh, on the female side. And we would probably be one of the few, if not the only one on the continent, uh, to have had every single one of our national teams uh, on the 11 side participating in a World Cup. Mm. And Banyana Banyana, obviously, again, we're looking to them uh, for AFCON qualification uh, next year, uh, as well as in 2022, because that would give them qualification for, for 2023. Mm. Let's go to Power Twala that's called us from Fosla. Good evening, Power. Hello, Power. Hi, sir. Yes, we are fine. Thanks. We can hear you. Go ahead. Um, I'm good, man. Uh, firstly, uh, I'm happy to see the local coaches in the national team. And uh, secondly... Oh, sorry for that, Paolo. Please try and call us back. We've got about four minutes left. Eric and Pulukwane, are you back with us? Hello, Eric? Hello, and how are you, Teviso? No, we're fine. Thanks, Eric. Mr. Paul is with us. Um, Teviso, first, I want to indicate that uh, the appointment of Miss Mr. Nzeki, it's, uh, I would say it's a shock, and I'm quite disappointed that he has been appointed a permanent Bafana Bafana, I would say, coach, head coach. I think the best thing that would have been done, it would actually, that the Safa should have actually appointed a very experienced coach, head coach, not Nzeki. Nzeki, I think, he still wanted to be prepared for bigger things. One, he worked under a co- coach that uh, underachieved at Safa or who failed, uh, Sheikh Mashaba. The second one who failed was Stuart Baxter. And what further shocks me is that he was appointed even before the, I would say, the Safa could study the technical report that uh, Stuart Baxter prepared. And that on its own is a clear indication that people at Safa like Jen, Jordan does not care about, I would say, our national team. Uh, okay, okay, he's thanks. Definitely, on, he's he's only interested in being, I would say, in positions such as being at CAF level. I'm sorry. Okay, to say that. okay, Eric. I think we've got the, the the gist of what you're to say. Let's just go back to Power before Mr. Paul answers. Power, you back? Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, man. Uh, I was saying, man, remember, I'm here to see the local coaches in the team, and uh, my point is. To see other one in the national team, uh, I think uh, I, I can say we hate since we know how to develop the players again, how to maybe can spot some some of the players that you deserve to play. Uh, the player like Su Tabo Mukato, I think the guys deserve uh, a fair okay. chance in the national team. Okay, but also the best for the national team. Thanks, Power Line. Not that great. One is happy, the other one is not happy. Uh, Mr. Paul, a lot's been said about the experience of Coach M- M- Mulefi. Do you think that's a factor for you? 
Look, again, as you're saying, he's a student of the game. Mm. He has put in sufficient uh, in terms of what the technical committees come back with uh, as far as Vision 2022. We have to give him a chance. Um, and yes, there's a great responsibility on him. And I think also just dealing with uh, some of the questions from the listeners, yeah. talking about that, you know, not having uh, analyzed the report, etc. Uh, the reality is that Stuart Baxter was in the technical meeting and gave us a briefing. So to say that we did not take into account uh, many things, Stuart Baxter was in the meeting. My issue that I've indicated is that we haven't analyzed uh, or we haven't gone through in great detail on the report yet, but we had a debrief from Stuart Baxter who gave us his views on what was happening and what the camp was and what the pluses and what the minuses were. And mm. that was taken into account by the technical committee. Okay, how long is the contract? He will go through until 2022. 2022, regardless of what happens, in, in the, or does he have to... World Cup 20, yeah, that's what we're saying. That's what we'll have to discuss when he gets back in terms of what those issues are. And then we'll do. Every single contract has uh, key performance areas, and we'll deal with them uh, when he gets back. How do you respond to those who say Safa went for a local coach because of financial reasons? Finance was never the issue. It was the right person for the job. It was the person that fitted the criteria. Um, so there's never a question around money. And if he was the right person for the job, why did you have to go through the whole process when you knew that he was Baxter's right-hand man and you'd put him in charge on an interim basis? Had to be evaluated. They evaluated many coaches, as I said to you, and they came up with an individual who they believed fitted the bill. You know, if you go through points, and I mean, uh, this is one of the discussions that people say, if you're having 10 or 15 points for, for somebody to be looking at, not everybody can score 100% on every single category that you're looking at. Mm. Some people might be... Nines and tens, others might be ones and twos. But overall, uh, he came out right on top. And that's what the committee had recommended. And that's what's been endorsed. Mm. Finally, he leaves a vacancy at under-17 level. There's a vacancy at under-20 also with Coach Sinon going to Lesotho. When do you expect to fill in these positions? They are working through that at the moment. I mean, obviously, the big priority was dealing with Papana Papana. And now that that has been done, that's the next task for the technical committee. And again, we're looking to that probably within the next uh, eight weeks to, to finalize that. Great stuff, Mr. Paul. Thanks for speaking to us. And uh, we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as somebody says, yes, says fans are funny because last week they were happy for Coach Nseki who was on this show. But now it's changing. Uh, somebody on SMS says he's the right man, unknown to most SA soccer fans. He starts with a clean slate. And uh, another SMS, I think it's from Mato, that says, I hear supporters speaking about a coach with the knowledge of African football. Will he be that one? Well, we spoke to the man last week. Talks a very good game. Has a lot of respect in the coaching cycles. Has received a lot of backing from the likes of Coach Pizzo Musumane, the likes of Owen Dagam. A lot of coaches have uh, backed him. And he told us about his success at junior level and also with the teams that he coached in the free state and we can certainly only wish him the best of luck. Like Coach Owen Dagama said today that we need to get behind Coach Nseki. Any coach needs support uh, to succeed and I think that we need to give the coach all the support that we can, including the people of course at SAFA because that's the most important support that any coach uh, needs in this uh, uh, Bafana Bafana hot set. We'll leave it there for now then. Our time's up. News is up next.